You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. On today's Line Noise, we speak to Nathan Fake, uh, an English electronic music artist of the very highest quality. His new album, Crystal Vision, is a fantastic piece of work that I recommend to uh, to all of you. Uh, we spoke about Crystal Vision. We spoke about Norfolk, uh, where we both grew up, Rave, Autica, Sampling, and just how on earth you last 20 years in electronic music. Um, I really enjoyed the interview, and I very much hope you do too. I was trying to think, like, I don't know, like, how many, how many years I've listened to your music for, but many, many, many. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been about, I've been doing it about 20 years now, so yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> How do you feel? How do you feel about that? Having done it for twenty years, really weird. Because I mean, it is it is actually exactly twenty years this year that I twenty years ago that I released my first record. It's in two thousand three. So uh, yeah, it's really crazy. And, and like, I don't know. I was like a kid back then, and <laughs> oh, I'm 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 about to turn forty now. So it's quite weird. Like I still sort of feel like I'm about twenty five or something. But. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a very, very surreal feeling, but cool, like really cool, because I'm still, I'm still doing it. So yeah, like it's an achievement. And d- does it, does it feel like sort of, um, how does it feel to be? Do- I mean, do you ever think like, did you? I mean, did you ever imagine you might still be doing it in twenty years? I, haven't, I mean, I guess no. I mean, I think back then, I didn't didn't have the presence of mind sort of think oh will i be doing this in 20 years time you know i just i just sort of thought well i probably won't <laughs> and that 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 would be fine uh, you know i'll sort of go wherever it takes me or, or yeah i would like to keep doing it but you know it's like if i don't if i don't keep doing it then that's also fine but it's like yeah i'm still doing it because it is just like I, I guess i've i've always put quite a lot into it and i've got a lot of passion for it still so yeah it's a it's a good feeling really I mean, would I be right in saying that the new album, uh, Crystal Vision, is quite nostalgic in a way? I would say my music's quite nostalgic in general. Um, I, you know, I try and do, you know, I, I obviously aim to do new things every time I make an album, but I think um, I think electronic music, because it's been around a while now, there is a lot of nostalgia in it, especially now. I think um, even like with stuff made by younger producers, there's so many sort of references to like, sort of 90s stuff and that sort of break beats and like yeah there's there's loads of that now i think when 20 years ago that stuff was still not old enough to be cool and it was just out of date and now it's like 20 or 30 years ago that stuff is like nostalgic if you're my age and it's cool <laughs> if you're like 20 or something you know because <laughs> it's like a retro sort of thing i don't really know but yeah i'd say like the album's got like a lot of references to like stuff that i that i love in music you know just kind of like the kind of melodies and beats, but I say the beats are probably more nostalgic than than, than before. But it's it's just for me that's trying something new and sort of playing around with different kind of sound aesthetics, really. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, Armen ninety six, which is your take on Jungle. Um, how did you get into Jungle? I mean, you grew up in small town Norfolk, right? I did. Yeah, I mean. I heard Jungle on the radio, like like a lot of people, I guess, I would have heard it. I would have just been on Radio One or something, like late at night when they would play 
more sort of underground sort of music. But yeah, I remember hearing Jungle and I've always liked it. I've always loved it, to be honest. And like, I, but you know, it's a very like scene driven sort of thing where it's like, I'm not going to, you know, it's if you're in the scene, you can make it. If you're not in the scene, it's like, it's a bit embarrassing if you try and make it. But like, so I've always like played around with that sort of stuff, but because I'm like, oh, you know, Nathan Vegas doesn't make jungle, so I'm not going to really set a jungle record. So that was that really, and then I ended up making that track, Amen '96, like obviously a couple of years ago, and it was a bit of a laugh really. But all my mates were like, oh, that that's like that's really good. Like you should put that on the album. I was like, you reckon? And even my manager was like, yeah, that's a good track. Like we should definitely put that on the album. And I'm like, ah, yeah. will people sort of be a bit like, oh, look at him trying to like be cool making jungle but it's like i guess it's got enough of my own stamp on it to, to to be legit you know i'm not just like copying someone else who makes jungle i'm sort of they're like my own sort of melodic stamp on it so yeah i i mean i think it works as a track in general whether you're into jungle or not so uh, i think um, it's i think it's a great track yeah no oh, thanks Cheers. but um I wondered if if that's like an indication of how things have slightly loosened up in general in like electronic music. There's, there there seems to be, you know, less um, ardent gatekeeping. You know, I mean, as you said, like you know, I think yeah, absolutely. And why? why... I reckon... Sorry, Karen, yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, uh, why you think <laughs> that is? Well, I think like definitely like stuff with like genres has kind of loosened up. I mean, yeah, like. So compared to when I started out, it was very it was, stuff was very sort of clearly set out as to like what genre it what you know you were in this scene you were in part of this genre and like you were from this country therefore you were part of that country's like scene of producers or DJs and I think even when back in the sort of days when like James Holden was starting up Border Community and I joined the label. Yeah, we, we we got sort of lumped in with sort of the kind of minimal techno scene, but we weren't really part of that. We didn't though we didn't really know about that scene. But um and people from other scenes kind of liked the records as well. And I think that's a theme that's continued to now in music that sort of electronic music in general, because people aren't bothered about genres. And I think it is all just starting to kind of like merge together into sort of one kind of like it's a good thing. I think it's, yeah, it could make it sound like it's going getting a bit sort of wishy washy, but I think it's a good thing because everything's kind of there's no sort of like scene kind of like turning up your nose at another scene sort of thing. Everything's just kind of like blurring into one in a good way. Like you, you get a really interesting mix of genres. Like even in like pop music, like stuff like trap, I think is quite you know it's kind of ubiquitous. But I think like the beats are like really interesting. You know, like we was kind of like kind of drill hi-hats and stuff that so you never would have seen that 20 years ago in pop music it's just weird like it's sort of quite sort of almost like um kind of electronic a sort of glitchy style kind of like drum programming in kind of pop music so yeah i think i think it's a good thing yeah um i i have a well not i don't know if it's a confession to make but i also <clears throat> i also grew up in small town norfolk Oh, did you? Um, yeah, well, until I was 13, and then I moved to Norwich, oh. which is... Um... Oh, yeah, I live in Norwich now. Okay. I, I was in I was in West Runton, which is about as small town oh, as you can get. Yeah, that is, yeah, up on the coast. Yeah. So I... I, oh. I, I, I I love it. I love it when there's artists that come from, from Norwich and, and Norfolk. Um, yeah. And I, I was just wondering, how do you think, like, Norfolk has inspired your music? Well, I think, you know, I grew up 
in a little village and like you know i discovered music sort of pretty much on my own like i think it was sort of loosely through my brother like he was listening to stuff and like you know some electronics he listens to like a lot of different stuff but electronic stuff he listened to i got sort of influenced by it. and then from that point on i just it was all just kind of like me on my own just kind of like coming up with ideas and i didn't i had mates at school that were into music but not into like making music so the, the act of making music was a really sort of solo thing and the fact that i grew up and lived in a sort of rural place where there wasn't any sort of like you know if i lived in a city i lived in london there would be like scenes where i could go out to, to gigs or clubs you know but it just wasn't that where i was and also i was quite young so i, I didn't really have the sort of drive to want to want to do that anyway but um yeah i think it i think it probably has had a it, it sort of like set me up to sort of do stuff very kind of like in a very insular sort of way like i'm just sort of cut off and doing my own little thing and yeah obviously i'm influenced by a lot of different types of music and a lot of different sort of individual musicians and scenes but like yeah the way i'm doing it is like i'm completely on my own so yeah i think norfolk has had something to do with that somewhere like that yeah I'm, I'm quite interested this is a, an idea that really interests me i'm slightly older than you i'm i think five years older than you and grew up in a in a similar kind of place and um for me i was really influenced by things like alternate and um okay. you know smarties and, and those kind of things yeah. back in the day did you did you listen to them yeah i mean i used to love all that kind of rave stuff yeah i mean i, I was quite young but you used to hear that stuff on daytime radio. <laughs> I know. Like, back in that time, didn't you? You know, like, it was all like, like Prodigy, like, you know, early Prodigy stuff, like, out of space. Yeah, they were just, like, full-on rave records. And, like, they would just be on, being played on daytime radio. <laughs> it was really insane. And, like, I think, um, you know, you don't realise at the time, do you? But I think it's quite sort of cool to grow up in a time like that because it was, like, that kind of music was just so brand new. There was just nothing else like it. And... Yeah, I, I I think looking back on it, it is quite a cool time to grow up in because now I don't. If I was like a kid now, I don't I don't really know how how I would be introduced to music. Yeah, because yeah, people just consume it. It's just a different thing altogether. I don't know how what. Yeah, I don't know what my way in would be these days if I was a kid. But yeah, I mean, I loved all that early rave stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Your new album, um, I, th- I think you call it "Music for Music's Sake," um, <laughs> but you—I mean, as far as I know, you've always operated that that way. You know, I don't—I don't, I don't yeah. see you ever making music, you know, because <laughs> to get in the charts or something. But yeah, is it particularly the case now? Or I was just wondering why why you underlined that really? Yeah, I sort of feel more that way because, um, like I say, I've been doing it for so long now, and I. And I've just sort of settled into a kind of zone where I just I just make it. I just make this music and you know, I make it so that I can also do live shows, which I love. That's like a huge part of what I do and like it's a really sort of important part of the actual process because when I do live shows I get inspired to make more music. So yeah, it is this sort of like I'm making tracks on my own sort of in my own little way and then putting them into a live show and then doing that and then that that's also a separate thing like you know the act of doing the live show is like a whole other thing so yeah i think that's it i'm, I'm just doing it 
I'm just sort of in my little zone that I've been in for 20 years and still doing it. So yeah, that's probably what I mean by that. Um, the title track of, of the new album, which mm-hmm. is um, definitely one of my favourites, um, oh, cool. ha- has a sample from, I'm not going to say who, um, but it's a, a pretty well-known band and a pretty well-known song. Um <laughs> Uh, although I played someone else and they, they didn't get it at all, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who because that that you know. Yeah. The, 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 did you did you notice it? Did you? Did oh you yeah yeah it? yeah yeah yeah. Right 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 okay. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I'm, I, I, it's for some reason it's something I'm quite good at doing. I'm quite no I'm quite good at noting yeah, no, samples. No, I don't think cool, I I don't think anyone. But like I mean, without saying who or what, like why did you yeah. decide to sample? such a, a well-known band i quite like using drum loops um i i've always sort of played around with them and i think i'm using them more in my music now than i used to because my older stuff has just got sort of purely programmed drums and i always like to like layer it up with programmed drums if i do use a loop but it's actually just that loop i actually you know i i recorded i sort of sampled that as it was sort of sitting on my hard drive probably for about 15 years i just sort of <laughs> found that yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I came across that loop um, and just kept it. It's because it's a really good, it's a really good loop. I mean, yeah, like, and I, that track, I just finally sort of dug that loop out and just brew a melody over the top of it. And it just rolled along really nicely and just didn't really, that's all it kind of needed. Just like that, that drum loop with like a melody kind of like unfolding over it. And yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> I can tell that. Yeah, obviously, I was—I I would imagine that on upon listening to it, it's pretty obvious that it is a sample because it's—it sounds like a sample of someone playing the drums. But I wasn't sure if it would be obvious who it was, but maybe it's not. Anyway, no comment on exactly, exactly. I, I think um, it's that. <laughs> I think it sounds brilliant. Anyway, yeah. and I think I think I am—I don't know—for some reason, I'm quite—I'm quite sensitive to those kind of things. So that's probably why. No, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am as well. I sort of, I'm good at recognizing sound as well. People sort of don't really care or like <laughs> know about it. I guess so. Yeah, it's but I I care about it because I I love identifying samples like that and stuff. But yeah, yeah. That's why I like, I like it's sort of good to like sneak stuff in. You know, that's, I always find that's quite a fun thing because it's sort of like you know, there's obviously cool stuff to sample. There's all the kind of like the drum breaks and stuff that are like from like funk records, soul records, but. But I always find it's like funny to sample stuff that really isn't cool and kind of like sneak it in and in the context of like, you know, supposedly cool electronic music <laughs> and like sort of like wonder if people notice or not or like whether it just gets recontextualized. And, do, do they notice yeah, I like in general? I, I guess not. People generally don't don't say anything, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. You you were also inspired by Autica on on the new album, oh, yeah. um, specifically Boss Core. Um, what? How do they inspire mm. you? I mean, they're like my heroes. I think they are like, I think along with Orbital, they're like the people that have been the biggest influence on me over the years. Because Orbital was like what I was into when I was a teenager, and that, that got me into making my own music. And then I discovered Autica a bit later, and I don't think. Yeah, my music isn't like directly influenced by them because I don't think you can really, I, I don't really sound like I'm influenced by Autica, but I just love their sort of vibe. Like I love all, I mean, I love all their music. That's the main thing. But also I just love how they're, they're just so out on their own and they just do their own thing and they're still doing it. 
and they're still just they still just get more and more Orteca to go on. You know, so, some people sort of get like, I mean, I love Apex Twin, um, but you know, he's not really making sort of like Come to Daddy anymore or Richard D. James. Like, it's kind of like his stuff is kind of like mellowed out a bit, and so bought, so is Boards of Canada, I think. But like Orteca was just getting more and more full on. Like they're just yeah, getting more and more Orteca really, and that's what I love about them. Yeah, and and um, Boss Core is quite a sort of. Uh, yeah, obviously, like, I was influenced by the way they use a lot of these sort of generative chord sequences in their music, maybe more in their older stuff, I'm not really sure, um, sort of LP5 kind of era. But, like, Boss Core was kind of influenced. It, it's, it's, it's not a generative chord sequence. I, I sort of hand wrote it, but I wanted to make it sound like one of those chord sequences where it's like a spitting out a different chord every bar, and that's what the the main chords are. In boss core, it was just like a yeah, little nod to that. I mean, it seems like um, I mean, I don't make music, but even if I did, I think if I listened to Autica, particularly recent Autica, I I wouldn't mm-hmm. even have a vague idea how to you know make something in inspired by it because it's so sort of out there. How, yeah, I mean, totally. That's what you mean. Yeah. But how, how do you, I mean, as someone who makes music, has done for many, many years and kind of, I guess, understands a lot more about how music is made. Do, do you, like even their most avant-garde out there work, do you sort of understand, okay, they did they did this and that? Or is it a mystery to you too? I, well, Autech in particular, I sort of, I read about how they make their music and I don't know how it's done, but I know they, they sort of write their own software <laughs> using Max MFP which isn't something I know about. I've got friends that are really good at that stuff and build crazy things in Max MSP. That's just a world that I can't... I'm, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm more into like playing instruments. I'm not a programmer. I, like, I just can't, I don't, can't get my head around that stuff. But I know Orteca used that, and I know that's how a lot of their more recent stuff is made. Um, I don't actually know what is going on, to be honest, yeah. in the tracks. I know that that's what they're doing. And I love that, and I love that it just sounds like them, and they've also just like honed this system for making music in their own way. And yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I think I think their older stuff, especially like their first couple of albums, they are just like playing stuff on synth, like it's just synths and drum machines, and they're like writing chords and melodies. But I think as they, well, as the technology emerged, they started using it. I think, but yeah, I. I, I I feel like with most music, I kind of know how it's done. But with Orteca, there is a kind of, there is an element of mystery. And also with other music, I like, I quite like that element of mystery because I think today, every musician or producer or whatever is like, generally they're quite keen to sort of be on Instagram, showing off their studio, showing off their gear. Whereas like before social media, you know, I liked the idea. I liked the fact that, you didn't really know what people were using unless you read an interview or saw something on TV. And so, you know, you can sort of like guess like, oh, that's a drum machine. It's pretty obvious when you can hear a drum machine or a synth. But I like the fact that you're not actually sure what, what's going on. So uh, I like that about Orteca because they do talk about what they use, but they also they don't, really, they don't really directly show it off either. So, yeah. I was really pleased you mentioned Orbital as well. Um, who are, um, I get the feeling, I don't know, that Orbital are, have never really got 
their due as as the sort of innovative band that they were right? <clears throat> yeah i mean in like their first the first four albums are like probably the most important albums to me because they're the ones i was listening to constantly when i was a teenager and just basically like made me think oh i i want to make music that sounds like this you know like i want to do this and like and so i sort of set about doing so <laughs> um and like their live shows again a massive influence because my like, like i said before my live show is a sort of big part of what i do and orbital the way they play live has always been a massive influence because you can sort of hear how live it is like the first time i heard them live i've never i only saw them live for the first time when i actually toured with them that was the first time i'd seen them <laughs> like i toured with them in 2012 and I hadn't seen them live before then, but I'd listened to like a million live recordings and seen them on TV, like Bastonbury and stuff like the classic sort of 94, 95 Bastonbury appearances that they did. And I watched those on TV. And yeah, just the fact that you could sort of see them actually using all this gear on stage and the music itself sounds like it. Yeah, it's like I recognize the tracks, but it's like a rough sort of rawer sort of version of it. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to like make tunes and then play them live but in a sort of slightly messed up way that you know it sounds really raw and exciting and like you know like compared to someone like like other music i like to they i like prodigy chemical brothers the, their live shows would be sort of like more like live appearances i think like the prodigy would be like on stage liam howlett would be behind some gear but actually the music is just like you know if it was one of the, if like fire starter but it's just like the, the track it's not a live yeah. performance they're just playing you know or whatever track you know voodoo people and it's just like voodoo people playing through a stereo and then like you do the pa and then like maxim and everyone's jumping around but um orbital were like oh yeah it's just like two guys behind a load of gear like and you can clearly hear that it is just they are actually like doing it live and like it sounds live so yeah that that that's why they're so important to me and i love their music that's the main thing I'm um, really, I'm really glad yeah. you mentioned those Glastonbury appearances on TV. They were, mm. they were astounding. I remember them at the time. Yeah, they're like classic, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So getting, getting back to your own, your own records. Um, who is Wizard Apprentice? Uh, she's she's called Tierney. She lives in Oakland in the US. Um, I, she's a musician. Uh, I became aware of her music through my friend Phil actually in Norwich. We were, or he was like DJing. Uh, you know, Joe the Playhouse in Norwich. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's where it was. Um, he was play, DJing at the Playhouse um, and he played one of her tracks. I was like, oh, wow, what's this? And I just, yeah, he obviously, you know, I looked her up and just listened to her stuff for a while. And yeah, I mean, you know, sort of found her on Instagram. I just I just shot her a message, said, do you fancy, because I, I came up with a track, I said, do you fancy like collaborating maybe? If not, that's cool. But, you know, like, and she was like, yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I've never met her. She lives in the US. Um, but yeah, we, we've only like spoken on like video chats and like uh, emails. I mean, yeah, like we made that track two or three years pre-pandemic, really. Um, just before the pandemic. Yeah. So before I made Blizzards, actually. So it was like I had that and it, it wasn't it didn't really work for Blizzard. So I sort of kept it on the back burner. And it ended up being the sort of lead track for Crystal Vision. But yeah, she's great. I mean, check out her music. I mean, if you haven't already, like Wizard Apprentice, just Google her and you'll find it. 
Yeah. Uh, and on on your album, uh, you call Bible a power ballad, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> seems quite an interesting description. Why? Yeah. Well, I think like the chords are so sort of like um, ballady, like the like it was actually called like ballad before I gave. I mean, Bible's a really stupid name as well, but I, I call it ballad. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, yeah, because like the chords are so. If you just sort of solo the chords, they're so sort of mushy chords. That I thought, but I, I sort of liked it. It was kind of kitsch because it was like I sort of had this breakbeat underneath it, and it just sort of like was a nice juxtaposition and. Obviously, yeah, the way the track builds, it sort of gets quite sort of a, it's got this sort of guitar kind of lead sound in it, which makes it sound pretty sort of power, power ballad-ish. So, yeah. <laughs> if, yeah, hopefully yeah. <clears throat> this will never happen, but <clears throat> let's say you got your, you got your heart broken tomorrow uh, and you got drunk, <laughs> which power ballad would you put on <laughs> to make yourself feel better? Oh, God. I mean, I would just, if that happened to me, I would probably just be listening to Warteker or something. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, my 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 the most gut wrenching Warteker track is actually a track called LCC, which is on um, Untilted. I know that's pretty sound ridiculous because it's like quite an abrasive track, but the second half of it is just absolutely beautiful. Like it just slows down into it, sort of like goes into like half time, and then like these sort of just mad weird sort of warped chords come in but they're really beautiful and it actually like properly makes me well up if i listen to it on headphones and i'm like really zoning in on it it's like oh man that's so good so uh probably that yeah not <laughs> <laughs> like um, mariah carey or something <laughs> i was thinking total eclipse of the heart i don't know why when i was asking that question. <laughs> yeah it's not, it's not, 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 not my cup of tea i'm afraid <laughs> we mentioned early, like you, your first record came out twenty years ago. Um, do you ever hit like writer's block, or does just kind of music always kind of come to you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say the period between my third album, Steam Days, and then the album after that was Providence. That was quite a long time, and I had a proper writer's block then. Um, just probably for a couple of years. I mean, I was spending that time touring quite heavily, so it wasn't like I was doing nothing. I was sort of really busy with that. But I hadn't really come up with any... Usually when I'm touring, I come up with ideas for tracks. I just hadn't. I was just playing, like, the Steam Day stuff and older stuff, and I just... Yeah, that was quite quite a miserable time in some ways. It was good because I was busy, but also miserable. And I remember, like, sort of around 2007 as well, I sort of had writer's book because i'd released my first album in 2006 and then i obviously was touring that and then i yeah i feel like 2007 i feel like i just had a real bad writer's book so i was obviously gigging but i just wasn't making any music and it just felt a bit weird but i think nowadays i'm sort of all right i just like i mean the most obviously the last two three years have been weird because of pandemic and blizzards came out so just on the eve of the pandemic like it came out in like march 2020 and then the pandemic sort of dropped and it's like oh right because i was about to go on it was like i was about to go on tour and then it was like all oh, right everything's getting cancelled and then yeah that lasted for two years or more or about one and a half years um so that thankfully i was sort of writing a lot of music in that time and came out with this new album so yeah, yeah, writer's block sort of helps me. I feel like compared to other friends of mine that make music, I, I sort of, 
I make less than them. Like my other friends seem a lot more productive than me, but that's just me, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, one final thing I, I want to ask um, is obviously you've been making music for many, many years. We mentioned it before, but what, like, if you had to introduce, <laughs> you know, your music to someone um, to explain what you did. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say yeah. uh, an elderly relative or something like that. It's got, you know, and, and, and words like, you know, techno and trance aren't going to cut it. And you just got to play something. What what, yeah. what song would you play? I don't really know. I mean, I would probably play them something from sort of in, in the middle of my career. Um, so I would say, I mean, I mentioned my album Steam Days. I think that would be a good place to start because that does sort of straddle... Um, everything that I do at that time because my first album was very much like I was doing this kind of like shoegazy kind of thing um, which was a kind of reaction against making a lot of sort of techno or sort of trancey records before that because the records before that were very straight techno and then I did Hard Islands after the first album which is deliberately like the other end of the spectrum it was all quite hard abrasive stuff and then Steam Nate is like halfway between the two so I think that that album, or uh, probably just one of my live recordings, because I feel like that that's a good sort of like taste of what I do. That is just sort of very much my sound sort of properly condensed into like, I mean, you don't have to listen to the whole thing, but like, I, I would say listen to like, yeah, my, my live stream that I did in 2020, that sort of really sort of sums up what I do, I think, because I play obviously brand new stuff in that, and then I well, from blizzards at the time and uh, older stuff. So, yeah. 